Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome back, everybody. You know that I give you a moment to come into the room. Uh, this is going to be an exciting one because a lot of this is going to be off the cuff, just like a cold call would. The whole purpose of getting a cold call in the books is to nail the next steps. For every cold call that you get that somebody answers, that's the key, right? They have to answer the phone. The idea is to nail those next steps. So we have two experts in the room. Change your chat settings down to everyone and let us know where you're tuning in from in the chat. And I'm going to launch this question so that you can take part in this question. This is kind of how we tailor the conversation to the folks that are in the room. I think I know the dominant persona, but we're going to go ahead and launch the question anyway. Shout out to Toronto 666. I see you. Uh, Edmonton, Canada, you Canadians, you show us so much love. I don't know how we can give love back to the Canadian crowd that consistently comes to the show. Poutine. Rochester, what's happening? Poutine. They like poutine. I heard that. I heard that. Uh, gravy got cheese. Now that's poutine. I don't know if you know that song. <laughs> Ohio, that's happening. Montreal, I see you. Montreal is a solid place to be for a little while. Shout out to California. Everybody in California reps that sell better. I love it, man. Bostonians in the house. Carrie Spencer, what's happening? We just had a great conversation the other day. Nicaragua, I see you. What's happening? Yeah, Alfred, welcome. Love that. Our international crowd, man. We we are drawing major international attention. It's a lot of fun. Shout out to Lagos, Nigeria. Sydney, Australia. There we go. That's what's happening. Let's kick it off right here and get started because these guys are a lot of fun to be in the room with. Welcome back, everybody, to Sell Better, the daily sales show where we bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better. I am your host, James Say What Sales Buckley, and I am joined by two titans of the telephone, two directors of dials, the coolest cats in the cold call biz, Ronan Passar and Kevin Hopp. What's happening? Welcome back to the show, fellas. Let's go. How are we doing? <laughs> Thanks for having dope. This is going to be a good one. It is going to be a good one. I know it is. Let's take a look at who's in the room. No shockers. Big time SDRs in the room. Do me a solid in the chat. Put down how many cold calls you make every day. Put a number on every day. How many cold calls do you make every day? These guys post a lot about that kind of stuff. Uh, so shout out to the SDRs coming in, looking to better their cold calling techniques. I want to give a big thanks to Gong, our longtime partner. Thank you so much for making this a possible a possible show. Like without these two individuals and many other sponsors and partners, we aren't able to do this for you. Big ups to Apollo. This is one of the coolest platforms in the game. Why? Because it's a data intelligence platform plus engagement, sales engagement at the same time. So I'm going to drop a chat link so that you can go and get started with Apollo right now, get that data, get that sales engagement game going. If you're not using a tool like this, you need to step up your game and change it right now using Apollo. Let me give you a couple of things you're going to get today, but before I do, scan this QR code, check out our latest website, sellbetter.xyz, and go explore what we have on YouTube. There's so much value packed in there from experts, just like the two gentlemen that you see in the room right here. This is what you're going to get. You're going to get expert language for simple stuff, right? Things you can change about your language right now that's going to help you set more meetings. You're going to get tone work. We're going to talk a lot about tonality because it's a big factor in the way that you cold call. Then we're going to give you some phrases, phrases that win and phrases you probably use a lot that you should probably let go of. So let's kick things off here. Uh, okay. This is where I want to start. And it's knowing when you're ready to talk about next steps. So what are the things that callers in the room should be looking out for when they need to start talking about next steps? We'll kick it off with Kevin. Well, I think uh, one of the classic mistakes here, and I'm sure a lot of folks are going to resonate with this, is if you have a cold calling script, which you probably do, at the end of it, it says, go for the close, go for the meeting, right? 
And I see it all the time where SDRs go for the close at the end of a pitch and I, I, and it doesn't work. And the guy goes, oh, no, I'm not interested. Da, da, da. No, no, I'm good. And then after the call, I asked the, I asked the SDR, I say, why were you, why were you trying to like get a meeting with that person? And they said, well, is that my job? I'm calling him to get a meeting. I'm calling them to get a meeting. I'm calling this person to get a meeting. I want to get a meeting with them. Okay. But the prospect has to self-identify something that we can meet about, right? Right. And I bucket this really easily into two things, right? Either a business problem or a valuable solution. It can be kind of either because not everybody's hair is on fire. Not everybody needs solutions to problems they have today. But when you describe what you do and the change you affected organizations and like what your stuff does, they could say, hmm, how do you do that? How much does that cost? Do you integrate with XYZ? Yeah. Once we identify one of these things, then we can say, oh, cool. This is why we're going to take the meeting. This business challenge, this valuable solution, but we need to have something there. I like the meat of that when they say things like, you know, hey, that's interesting. Or what does that cost? Uh, that part of it is interesting for me. And, I, you know, I, it takes a while. It takes a lot of cold calls for you to tune into these types of things. Rodan, what are the signs that you look for when you think, okay, this is the time for me to start talking about next steps? Yeah, totally. I mean, I call these things indications of interest or IOIs. This is essentially uh, the thing that you want to listen for that shows, oh, hang on a second. This person is curious. Yeah. They're interested. One of the best phrases, actually, James just said it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, that's one of the best phrases you can hear. Also, I've heard, I think this is from challenger sales, but like the idea that if you're hearing that during a sales process too, you've gotten your prospects ears turning their thinking, which mm -hmm. is good because that's what we want to do. But essentially, anytime you now have the prospect, the other person on the end of the line uh, showing any sign of curiosity or interest, uh, that's a great thing. One of the common ones you might actually hear could sound like an objection, right? It could just be like, oh, that's actually really interesting. Will you send me an email with more information? And it like initially your objection brain is going off and you're like, wait, I have to handle that objection. And, and we'll save that one for the end. But <laughs> it's kind of, uh, we're going to talk about that because I think we often interpret these signs as objections sometimes. And you're going to have a lot to say on that. Uh, another phrase that I listen for is I never thought of that before. If I can get somebody to say that to me, I'm like, oh, let's explore further. Right. And they get excited and I'm excited. And then we share that excitement. Let's give a little bit of uh, magic words here. I want to know in the chat, do you have a word that you attempt to work into your cold calls that you think is effective? And if so, what's that word? Type that word in the chat. What is the word that you go for? Ooh, I like typically. I see typically. I'm curious. That's a good one. Okay. Let's talk about magic words because there's a few that you guys use that I think really lend themselves to the purpose of setting next steps. Uh, let's start here with Ronen. Give us the language that you chose to use here. All right. For all of the Chris Voss fans, fanboys and fangirls here, you guys are going to love this. Go Vossy. That is actually a Chris Voss technique right there. But the idea is, can you go for no? So uh, typically... I'm using uh, Chet's word there. Typically, uh, what happens is people want to say something like, hey, do you have 30 minutes for a demo next week? Or how does Thursday look? The problem with that is psychology. So our brains are wired in a certain way where we're very resistant to giving out the yes. So don't go for the yes, go for the no. The way you right. go for the no is you switch it around. Instead of saying, 
how does next week work for 30 minutes? You could say, would it be totally insane if we found 30 minutes next week? And the words totally insane, those extreme language or description words uh, before you make the ask is another psychological hack, which basically, well, it creates a little bit of a straw man. You're like falsely, um, like artificially inflating the ask to make it sound like it's going to be a big thing. When really what you want them to think is two things like, no, that's not insane. And no, uh, I don't mind meeting. So they're saying no, but it's really a yes in disguise as a no. I love this because it changes the way that they interpret the question. Doesn't feel as invasive. And I think we're giving them that dopamine hit that they want because they want to say no to us, right? It makes them feel good to say right. no. Shout out to the no, the naysayers out there. I love it. It's a good challenge. Kevin, uh, you said there's some stuff that really drives you bananas. And one of them is this word. Uh, mm -hmm. talk, about, talk about what else we can say. Yeah. So I, I guess number three here is talking about the concept of demos and, you know, reps get trained that, Hey, you're here to sell our software. Our software is the best. It's the best. It's a transformative. It's uh, this, it's that. It's the best. And we're a leader. We're in the Gardner magic quadrant. We're this and we're that. So what that, and what that ends up coming out as is a rep saying like, Hey, I, I'd love to get you on a demo. I'd love to get you on a demo of our stuff because I know that I, my job is just to get you in front of the stuff and the stuff will sell itself. The thing that I, I think everyone needs to realize is nobody cares about your stuff. No one cares about your platform. No one wants to see your demo. They care about what it could potentially do for them, right? So when you use the word demo, people think about dog and pony. They think about showing up to a Zoom invite and just going like this. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Just keep going. Hey, can we get to pricing? right? Don't talk about it like a demo. Talk about it as if it's a conversation about something specific. And that's where I'm I'm very opinionated about like, you got to close with a something specific that they said, right? A business challenge or a valuable solution that they identified. And that's the reason for the meeting. Does that make sense? I Not only does it make sense, but I think the word demo is very off-putting for buyers. No, no one wants oh, to yeah. sit through. John always talks about like, the body language that we see when we are at a demo, right? It's cool. They're in, they're fun when you first connect. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to share my screen. Can you see it? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they like lean back and disengage, right? So don't use that word. Let's, let's give them something else though. So this is, you have an example right here of something that you say instead of the word demo. And I, even yeah. though it's not a one word, I think this phrase is a great slide in for a replacement. So give them why you think this works more effectively. Yeah, absolutely. So to, to clarify, I probably do about 50-50 between Ronan's philosophy of go for no, which I, I love. It yeah. works, by the yeah. way. It does work. And the confident close, right? So this is this is the confident close where if you identified one of these, right? Hey, based on what you shared with me, James, around you know the challenges you're having with your internal IT organization, I think it makes a ton of sense for us to meet next Thursday and just have a high level discussion about this. How does Thursday at 1 PM work for you? It's really confident. And what you're asking them to do is to come back and tell you either yes, or they're going to say, wait, that's not really a challenge for me. Yeah. So you're going to find out really quick how important that challenge or valuable solution is in their environment. So that's where I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on the confident close. I think this comes off more confident than demo, right? We, we want to set up a demo, right? It's very like question. Is this, is this even good? Is this good? 
right? But when you're like, hey, based on this, this thing that you said, it does make sense for us to talk more. What does this time look like for you? And I like this end. Are you in front of your calendar? Anyone that says no to you is not interested. They just don't have the heart to say no. <laughs> right, right. So so good good tidbits right there for you guys on the on the cold calls for know, knowing how to get to those next steps and finding that language. Here's my question to you. What's your biggest challenge right now? And there is option there that says tell us in the chat. So if you're going to put something in the chat, go ahead and select other right there. Uh, let's talk about common mistakes because we're all in this together. We all make the same mistakes. We're all on the same growth path. We learn the same things, sometimes the hard way. So let's talk about some pitfalls that people can get in their head and be on the lookout for that they might they might run into. Uh, Ronan, let's start with you. Uh, there's a common mistake that you said people make. What is it? Yeah, um, like, look, this happens all the time, especially for newer callers, which is uh, a few things. You start to get really excited because you just heard uh, the prospect saying that they're interested. So you go for whatever the close was and you get off the phone. There's a few things that you can do that will increase the likelihood of that person actually showing up. Mm. Uh, so this is this is a really important thing that I learned only from experience after doing it for so long and, and wondering why my show rates were kind of bad. And it's what you just said, James. Hey, I'm about to send you this calendar invitation as Acme Corporation call. Uh, when you see that come through, even if you're not in front of your computer right now, will you do me a favor and just hit accept so that I know you got it? Hey, by the way, big favor to ask. Now, this is huge, okay? This is counterintuitive, and this is where people think that it's like, wait, what? why would I do that? You want to give the prospect an out. So the reason you want to give the prospect an out is because it, there's, again, more psychology here to leading them feeling like they're in complete control, which people want control. It's an It's like a basic need that we all have. So if I give them control by saying, by the way, can you do me a huge favor? If something comes up, time doesn't work, you realize you have absolutely no interest in anything that we're about to do, do me a huge favor before the call. Will you just go ahead and let me know if you want to reschedule or cancel? That way I don't look like an idiot sitting there on the Zoom line waiting for you to join. And 100% of the time people say, yeah, absolutely, no problem. And then there's one last thing you want to do. So after that, you go, okay, great. By the way, what we're going to, or who I'm going to be introducing you to for all the SDRs out there setting up meetings for your AEs, let them know that it's not going to be you, or you're going to be introducing them to someone else. So they're not surprised. They're not caught off guard. I, I've been on the other end of that, by the way, as a buyer in the past. I'm like, who are you? I didn't talk to you. I talked to someone else when I got cold called. And it's like, I know obviously what's going on, but that could be a weird experience. So just let them know. Oh, and hey, by the way, my AE here at James Say What Sales Buckley is going to be the one running the call. So uh, I'll be there. Just make sure the handoff happens okay. But he, you're in great hands with him. Everyone loves him. They love his necklace and the ring and the blue lights. Like I've never heard a single complaint about anything that has to do with James. So you're in great hands there. That is not true. People complain about me constantly. Uh, hop. <laughs> hop. You said that there are a couple mistakes that people make all the time. And the first one is they go for the throat. They go way too soon. And then this one is the one that rung out to me. And I want you to talk about both of them here. You said you need more than fit. People look for fit and then they immediately begin talking about next steps. And there's more to the conversation. Break these two things down for everybody in the room today. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when I say more than fit, if you're calling somebody... They should be a fit, 
right? So we understand that, okay, all right, this person is in my target market. They have the right sort of title for the last five customers we signed. They were all have this title. Now that I have them on the phone and they're actually talking to me back and forth, I'm just so excited to get them scheduled and get this buying process underway. I think one of the things that is missing is, okay, yes, they are a fit, but do they have context? Context. Is there a context to why they would talk about this now? Mm. Do they identify this business problem or valuable solution that they really showed interest in it more than, hey, this works really well for me. Mr. IT leader, Mr. VP of customer success, Mr. Right. People get really happy with this idea of like, okay, I, I've got the right kind of person. I know I'm going to get commission for this. I know they would love this demo. I'm going to try and push this. What's the context? What's going on in their business? Not in my business. Cause I, I know my business. I know I'm always trying to sell to this type of person. What's going on in their business? What's the context? And why would that be important to the conversation that you're trying to schedule? So I think that's a really important missing piece. There's an element of help that's attached to the fit and the interest and the priority and the trigger and the timing and all the other things that we need before we go for those next steps. Uh, all right, let's let's talk a little bit here about where we got. Look, most people struggling with the transition, the transition, and we're going to give you some more language as we move forward. So far, we've gotten some good ones in the chat from the folks. Typically is a good one. We hear that one a lot. Uh, and I, you know, shout out to uh, Keith Dylan right there. He's always like, it, you know, let's, let's agree not to ghost each other. Right. And I think that alone is such a strong play because everybody, of course, right. They give you that chuckle and that's their verbal agreement that they're not going to ghost you. So you can always use those after you get that next step in. Uh, all right. Let's talk a little bit about tonality because, oh, quick reminder for everybody, use the Q and A down below. If you click Q and A, you can ask these guys questions. I am going to leave time at the end. I want real time questions from you. What are you struggling with, with your cold calls? Do you have objections you want to overcome when you try to set next steps? What are the next steps that you try to get to that fall flat? Ask the questions in the Q and A. We're going to leave time. Uh, well, tonality. Give us the hardest ones too. The hard ones, dude. Like let's make it, let's make them work <laughs> for it. Y'all. All right, can I just say asking hard questions is what cold calling is all about. I don't want to get on that pedestal, but let's get into this one. It's true. It's true. Uh, maybe maybe the hard questions is a good topic for the next one. Uh, put a one in the chat if you want to if you want to come to a, a show about hard questions and what that is. Uh, let's talk a little bit about tone though, because I think tonality plays a big role. It's a key, especially when more time is what we're asking for, because that's the thing that people protect the most. So, Ronin. When you are working on your tone, what kind of tones do you put out there that you think are attractive to your prospects? Yeah. I mean, for anyone who has seen anything I've put out on LinkedIn, it'll be no surprise that my go-to tone is the warm and friendly. Mm. And like, look, when it comes down to it, for the entirety of the cold call, there's really only about three great tones that anyone can uh, try to master. And they actually all vary in complexity, right? So the easiest one is the warm and friendly. It's the easiest one because we've got a lot of examples of this in our mind. We've been told since, I mean, I've got young kids. I tell them this all the time, like, you know, be smile, be polite, be nice. That didn't sound nice. So we've been told over and over to behave a certain way. We have lots of examples of what that sounds like. The second one is the confident tone. Now, this one's sort of intermediate because the confident tone can also become indifferent, which is arguably one of the good ones. I, I think actually indifference uh, can hit or it can land flat depending on your persona. And then the most advanced one 
which is tough to pull off. But if you can pull it off, it's a home run is the comedic, the humorous. Like if you can make someone laugh on a cold yeah. call, yeah. Kevin calls this the X factor. Like if right. you can make someone laugh on a cold call, you win the call. Like you've completely disarmed all of their guards. They're, they've let it down. You're in. And so when you're in, you're able to have a conversation and, you know, really be transparent with them in a way that is like, do you struggle with this challenge or not? Should we talk about this thing? So the comedic one, the biggest challenge with that is people have different senses of humor. So what makes one person laugh doesn't make someone else laugh. True. Um, (laughs) But I've got tons of examples of different tones uh, of actual calls on my LinkedIn. If you you guys want to check some of them out to hear what they sound like. I'm not going to send people to LinkedIn. I want one right now. Give me a tone. Set a next step with me right now using a confident tone so everybody can hear what it sounds like. Okay, sure. So for confident, I'm usually just going to try to really enunciate my words and go for a little bit of a flatter line. So it'll sound something like this. Hey, James, so based on the challenges that we just talked about now, would it be totally insane if we found 30 minutes on Friday around 4 p.m. to discuss this further? I like that. tone. That would not be insane. And I get to say my no. I was looking for the no. (laughs) And I got to say it. That's a great job right there. Uh, Put a two in the chat if you're going to go use that on your next cold call round, because I really like how that feels for me. Kevin, talk to me about tones. I got so many questions for you. You talk about tone a lot. I do, I do. Um, Very similar school of thought uh, as Ronen, where it's warm and friendly. And and Ronen touched on a concept there that I call the X factor, right? Which is the ability to be so comfortable on the phone that you sound different. You sound very different than every other person that has called this person in the last week, month, year, right? I, I think about that concept a lot of, man, cold calling can be kind of a drudge. And every time someone picks up the phone, you have an opportunity to make a completely unique impression on them. And the thing that makes a cold caller great is not the script that you give them. It's when you go off script. What's your ability to talk the talk, to chop it up? to ask questions about this person's life, to take context clues from what you're hearing on the phone and take the conversation in a different direction, right? This all comes from a lot of practice and getting really familiar with it, but you can also you know, plan a lot of this into your cold calls and just knowing who you're calling, right? Knowing the persona, knowing their industry, knowing about them, some things about them. You batch that, right? But by the way, I mean, Let's not start a whole other conversation around research. I don't think you need to know where they went to school or what their last job was. Uh -uh. You just need to know if they're a director of IT or if they're a manager of customer success or whatever it is, what they generally care about and take those context clues on the phone and turn the conversation wherever they kind of want to take it, right? Um, I would agree that the research is key. I think research impacts that confident tone that Ronin displayed earlier. Even if I only take five minutes and I look at somebody in their company and some recent stuff, I feel more armed and ready for that conversation. James, it's a trap. It's a trap, James. Talk to me. It's a question. I'll tell you exactly why. Here's what's going on. When you're doing research, you're using your crutch. You're using something. Uh, That means I don't feel confident. So someone asking the questions, how do I feel more confident? How do I get over the nerves? There's there's tons of research in this, guys. Like, look, there's hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars behind behind confidence in the sports and entertainment industry. You think that people like LeBron James, when they're going out there, they don't do something first to to pump themselves up. Uh, So we know what the science tells us about confidence. It's all about practice, being able to actually do the work 
So practice it, do it, visualize it. This is one that Olympians will talk about. The difference between the person standing getting that gold medal and the person watching the other person getting the gold medal is one of them had better visualization techniques. They imagine the whole thing. Um, and then like, look, you got to be able to analyze. You got to be able to go back and listen to what you're doing so you can find the areas for improvement. And like, that's what Kevin and I do best. Like we help people with all this stuff. But when it comes down to it, the research is a trap because it makes you feel confident that you know you're going to say to the person, oh, hey, I just saw like you're on your second year at the company. Congrats on your anniversary. It's not relevant to the reason for your call. So I think that's about the way that you use the research is what I'm saying. I, w I don't think I would open that way. I think it's very uh, corny and overplayed. I saw that X and then flowing into your value proposition, I think is overplayed and has been since, let's say, 2019 to be generous. I want to pivot, though, because I want to talk about tones that fail. And I think this is common for a lot of people that are in the room. Since we're talking about confidence here, this is the question that I have, and it's about your nerves. So answer this question. Where's your nerve at? Do you, do you still get a little tense when I got to get to those questions about next steps? Uh, here we go. Let's talk about offensive tones because tonality is important. People interpret it differently. Uh, Kevin, when we, you and I talked about this, you were like, aggressive tones fail, but our leadership constantly telling us to be more aggressive challenge people where's the line man the line is tough to draw right i, I think let me be clear I, i'm a big fan of challenger right the idea of teaching tailoring taking control those are the three like tenants of the challenger sale i'm a big fan of that but when you cold call someone out of the blue and you're going to be aggressive challenging them or telling them things about their business I don't think so, man. I don't think so. And there's this dichotomy, right? This dichotomy that that is so present where we take people who are very new to the company and we take people who are very new to working and we put them on the phones and say, go call this CEO and tell them they need our stuff. And it's like, oh my God, I feel so bad, right? Because I was an SDR. I've done this. Ronette and I have been SDRs. We've made Same. calls. We've had to try and pitch a CEO when we know we still do it too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's true. We still do two and two. I didn't have the CEO. I had the Salesforce admin. I was talking to like a really technical buyer in my first SDR role. And I didn't, when I got hired in 2014 at Serious Insight, I didn't even know what Salesforce was. Oh, like Serious Insight. This is totally different, you know, for me. I, I had a technical buyer and I was not a technical seller by any stretch. <laughs> right, right. So this, this, aggressive, this aggressive tone or this like really challenger tone on a cold call is really, really hard to pull off. I don't recommend it. cold callers to use it. And it's going to set people, uh, it's going to make people go, ah, I don't think so. No thanks, right? It's it's uh, it's not something that I would really recommend at all. And this comes back to the theme. The theme in the way that I always teach cold calling everybody out there, if you take nothing else away from this, take this away, is make it about them, not you. Not you. Get the, get the term, I would love to, out of your freaking vocabulary. Never say it ever. I would love to. I'd love to get you on a demo. I'd, <laughs> I would really love to get 15 minutes of your time. If you could just give me 15 minutes. Get all that out of your, out of your vocabulary and start talking about them and their business and solving a challenge or providing a valuable solution to something going on in their world. This These is smart. This is smart, and I have to admit my own guilt. I'd love to is probably rampant in my <laughs> rampant. 
Straight on, it's, dude. Like it's it's running wild everywhere. But James, wait, you talk about the, the other one, the the other tone that is probably uh, plaguing most of the people on this call is the unconfident tone, the nervous yeah. tone. If you feel nervous, you sound nervous. I'm just gonna say that if you feel nervous when you're cold calling, you probably sound nervous. Here's the easiest thing you could do to correct that immediately, even if you still feel nervous. One. Just focus your energy as much as possible on your speed. Tone is made up of three things. It's your speed, your volume, and your energy, right? So the speed, if you slow down the speed, you will come off as more confident and certainly not as nervous. With volume, if you sound like this and you're speaking at 100 miles an hour, you're going to sound really, really nervous. But if you start to bring your volume down and go from your nasal to your throat to your your stomach, you speak from your stomach, it'll come out lower. So try to actually, there's a really good TED talk on this, like 100 million views where he talks about like how to do all, all this stuff. It's very applicable to what we do on cold calling. Speak from your stomach, low tone and slow. This is interesting, I, especially in the context of asking for next steps. Remember that every time you ask for next steps, normally there's an element of time and some element of work, lift involved, right? And that's that's why it's so important to get those tones right. Uh, I love what we're talking about here. Let's look at some of these results right here. It looks like a lot of people still struggling with the transitions and getting nervous. Those were the dominant ones. I'm struggling with the transitions to next, next steps, and I still get nervous. Uh, and that's probably why you're you're struggling with that transition is because you're getting nervous. Uh, so great stuff right there. Let's let's real quick do some questions and some answers because we James, I got to share this this golden nugget here. If you're looking for transition. Hey, that's actually why I called. So oh. if you're at the end and you're going for the close and you hear that IOI, the indicator of interest, hey, that was actually the reason for my call. Look, would it be totally insane if we found 30 minutes on Friday at 2 p.m. to discuss further? I think I'd have a hard time. I'd have a hard time not saying no, that's not insane. Uh, <laughs> but also, like, you have to listen to what you are saying, right? It, uh, I think we did a show recently, a few months back, Hop, where you were like, take note of the context of the call. If you call and you can hear them driving, it's best to start with, it sounds like I might have got you driving, right? And that's how we earn that credibility to end up talking about next steps because we value their time. Is this is is this good? Are you driving right now? I don't want to distract you from driving. <laughs> yeah. yeah, huge fan of that. Man, James, you got a really, really good quote. Well, right I'm just going to, you know, Double double click on what you said there because it is a golden line. That's actually the reason for my call. That's a, I mean, write that down. Yeah, guys, write this one down. <laughs> write that down. Use that as much as you call. want, by the way. I, I'll use that two, three times in the same call sometimes. <laughs> An objection? Hey, that was actually the reason for my call. Here's the first Q&A question. Um, hmm. Can you send me an email? Right? So I, I mentioned that at the beginning of the show, and so I'll, I'll stop teasing everyone and actually hit you with the actual response to that. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's say they're interested. It's not a brush off. So it's a real send me an email. <laughs> you know, James, I am more than happy to send you that email. But look, I've been doing this a really long time, James. And I'm, I'm still waiting to hear back from all the people I've emailed. <laughs> that would get a chuckle out of me, I think, for sure. <laughs> would it be totally crazy if we found 30 minutes instead? How does Thursday afternoon or Friday morning look for you this week? 
Let me get my calendar, man. It'd be hard because that's funny as hell, man. I most people are waiting for that email back. They never do get that email back. Never, never. That's my favorite one. <laughs> it's pretty good. So Ronan's got uh, Ronan has that approach. I do like it. I like it a lot. I I take a a slightly different approach, and that approach is to let them know that sending them an email is not the end of the interaction. So my response to send me an email if they're interested. Ronan made a good point there. It's not like in the first 30 seconds, they say, yeah, send me an email. That's a brush off. If you get through your pitch, you're talking a bit about it, you go for the close and they say, ah, you know, I don't know about setting some time up. Why don't you send me an email? The way I handle it is I would say, hey, I'm going to send you an email. It's going to be specifically containing the information that you want. Totally understand. Look, I'm a visual learner too. You can check out our website. I'm also going to call you back in two days Two days from now is Friday. I'm going to call you back on Friday to see what you thought. Before then, feel free to respond back via email. I'm happy to chat via email as well. Yeah. yeah. Have a great rest of your day. Let's a solid end. Gonna follow up. And then actually following up is going to differentiate you. That's a you solid that. end. I, I, I have used I'll follow up or we'll talk again soon or you couldn't ignore me if you tried. You know, those types of things. Those types of things get people to open up a little more. I think they feel a little more authenticity coming from you at that point. Uh, so great, great stuff on cold calling. Okay, this is the time, y'all. We're going to go to Q&A. So get your questions in the Q&A. Don't put them in the chat. Hashtag do not put them in the chat. Uh, the chat's going to get busy. I ask a lot of questions in the chat. So put them in the Q&A. This one comes from Lauren Spielman. Thank you, Lauren, for the first question here. Uh, overcoming, we've done it this way for X amount of years. We're not interested. Now, Let's put it in the context of you, Ronan. You've just asked, would it make sense for us to connect yeah. on Friday? Would it be totally insane for us to connect? Yeah. And then you get that response. How do you overcome this? So we'll classify that. That's that's a real business objection. That's not a brush off. There's only two categories, brush offs and real. So brush offs, you'll usually only hear in the first 15 seconds, unless you really somehow got them strung along longer. And then they're like, no, thanks. Right. Real business objections, you have to actually acknowledge it. So the first thing you want to do is diffuse or acknowledge what they're saying. And you could just say, yeah, that's totally fine. I understand that. Um, look, uh, how's that working out right now? Because it sounds like you're pretty happy with what you have. And they'll say, yeah, yeah, we're pretty happy with it. Go, good. Like, look, would you be open to reviewing an alternate way to do what you're doing today? Um, not to sell you anything now, but really just to see if we can create X value for you that we've done for similar clients in the past, people who were doing something similar to what you're doing. Um, like, look, again, this isn't for now, so I know there's not a lot of urgency here, but would you be open to learning more just to have it in your back pocket so that when the time's right, you know, we have to offer? That's not bad. I like that response. Uh, my response would be, are you in a contract? Uh, and if they say yes, I say, when's it over? And then I say, so I should reach out, you know, and I choose the date like 90 days before their contract is out, right? That way, and I say, if I want a shot at the title, that's how I put it. If I want a shot at the title, yeah. I got to reach out like in September, right? And they're like, mm -hmm. yeah, September would be good. And you're like, cool, we'll talk then. And then you hang up before they do. <laughs> That's good. That works uh, too. That works too. I mean, like, look, the, when I had account executives coming to me, they'd be like, Renan, your SDRs are, are setting me up with these terrible meetings. Like there's no, uh, there's no project here. And then I go back to the cold call and I listen to the recording and it was this objection. All I had to change from that was, hey, SDRs, just let your AE know this is going to be a, a nurture deal. 
Like this is just going to be a, a casual, we're going to meet and greet. And when the time is right, hey guys, if you don't know, Chet Holmes, buy your pyramid. Most of your market is not actually thinking about or buying your product now, but they might be in six months. Shout out Chet Holmes. Shout, Shout out Holmes. Shout out Chet Holmes. Rest in peace, Chet Holmes. Sales machine, fantastic. Uh, all right, Kevin, this one comes from Kerry Spencer. How do you get over the nerves to actually start making these calls happen more effectively? Uh, we talked about how you can practice. Uh, Kevin, how do you get, how'd you get good at this? So, uh, my take on it, there's always like the, the rah, rah, you know, just listen to a hype song and then get all stoked for it. And I, I get it. The way that I got confident and started making a lot of really high, highly effective cold calls was having a plan, having a process, making this into a process, Henry Ford saw what it took to make a car and said, I'm going to turn this into process. There's a process how we make the tires. It's a process how we put this. It's a process how we do this. So for an SDR, it's I have a process for who I want to talk to today, how I'm going to get those people into a specific list with only those sorts of people, only those sorts of one type of problem for this whole list, and then how I'm going to hit go on a dialer or click the call or whatever. And the process will help you compartmentalize the different pieces of this and then you can just focus on the conversation. So I'm a process guy. That's me. Uh, that's a good answer. I will tell you that I rehearsed quite a bit like an actor would rehearse. And I did it in my commute on my way to the office mm. for the first four years of my job as an SDR. And I would role play it out back and forth. I imagined that I was on a call. The other thing is I would always practice in the mirror because my body language would match up and my tones would improve because my body language felt more natural. So use the mirror and practice in your car. That's my tip. Good stuff right there. Ronan, James, uh, I got I to gotta tell you one thing here. I, in 2015, when I picked up a phone for the first time to cold call, um, I was so bad. My first cold call sounded like this. Uh, hi, this is Smartling calling from Ronan. I mean, I'm Ronan. I mean, and then I hung up on the prospects <laughs> and I basically cried. <laughs> and by the way, it was an open office. So the entire company heard me. And I was also my, my coworker next to me, never let that down for the whole year. He was like, Hey, smartling for Renan. How's it going? So, uh, five months later, I was at the top of the leaderboard. So what happened in that five month period, it was, was opening and transformational for me. And this is, this is how I've structured all of my trainings with my teams, the trainings I'm doing now publicly for people since it's because I learned something and it was a two week period where my CMO who I was reporting to was like, Hey guys. I have a $250 gift card to Amazon. One person's going to win it. Whoever makes at least 120 calls and ends up making the most calls in the next two weeks will win it. Okay, activity spiff. I'm very competitive, so I wanted to win. So I showed up early. I stayed late. I made the dials. I averaged about 150, 160 manually punched dials a day over two weeks. And after that, although I maybe only booked a handful of meetings at most, I felt so confident because I had just done it over and over and over, nothing but that for two weeks, that literally anytime I would pick up the phone after that, I immediately go right back into this mindset of, I've heard it all. I know what to expect. It's not a surprise. So if you still feel nervous, you're not doing it enough. You don't, you're not able to anticipate all the potential outcomes of a call. Getting good at cold calling is like learning a second language or a third language. It takes immersion to fully understand all the nuances that come along with cold calling. I really like that analogy. 
and I like that you had that two weeks experience because that that's a crucial two weeks. Uh, okay, so this one is a good one, I think, for what you were talking to, uh, Kevin, when you were saying like, you know, we need to be, uh, what's the best word? We need to have a reason. We need to have more than fit. So what's the good discovery question to identify the pain that allows us to move to next steps? Uh, you know, that's, that's, a. I can't tell you what's right, what the right discovery question is for your business. And, uh, a generic one. Do you have a generic one that you typically will ask? I know John gives one that's like, what's the economic impact of this problem over time? Ooh, I like that question. That, that That's an interesting question. I haven't really used that a lot. Talking, uh, starting to talk about economics could scare somebody. I don't know. Um, I guess one of the ways to think about doing discovery is to ask how people are doing a process today, right? Kind of identify why you're calling in like what you guys do. Hey, yeah, I'm Kevin. I'm calling Hop Consulting Group. I help, you know, BDR teams call confidently, build calling culture. I'm curious, how are you guys calling today? So asking about how they're solving a business challenge then allows you to identify where you need to go from there. Um because a lot of us don't know everything about a, a prospect before we call. I mean, you, the, the lead record might say they use HubSpot and they'll say, oh yeah, no, we switched out. We're Salesforce people now. You're like, yeah. I didn't know that. So yeah. Um, in general, I think, uh, I think uh, trying to identify what they're doing today to solve a problem. Okay. What they're doing today to solve a problem. That's a good discovery point that might lead you to find that reason for that next step. That's good stuff. And the curiosity there too. Great call, Monica. I like the curiosity part as well. Uh, okay. So let this last question here, or maybe we'll have time for one more after we'll see how, how the answer goes. This one comes from sure. Daniel Ronen, the transition from pitch to conversation, getting past that first 60 seconds to a point where you can start looking for those signs that we should start talking about next steps that we talked about in the beginning. So we're going from the opener to the open conversation and looking for those signals. How do we get there? What's some stuff you can give for tactical use? Yeah, for sure. Uh, this is something that I've worked on a lot. And the approach that I take is very similar to Jordan Balfour, to Wolf of Wall Street, his straight line approach, but without the cringe and the griminess. So uh, essentially the idea here is there's going to be two camps. There's going to be the people who, uh, like if I work at Gog, if I work at Sell Better, if I work at, um, I'm forgetting the other sponsor from earlier, but if I'm working at one of these companies and people recognize my company, that's your transition question. So you get from the opener and you go, hey, by the way, have you heard of Gong before? Before I do like my whole dog and pony show, I just want to check if like you already know what we do. And the reason why that's a good transition is because it'll help you decide if I'm choosing your own adventure, like where do I go from here? If they've never heard of me, I go, hey, great. That was actually the reason for my call. If they have heard of me, I say, you guessed it. Hey, great. That was actually the reason for my call. <laughs> so you're able to then go into what I then call the probe and provoke question to ask them a hard question about current day challenges that you solve and then tease them with a curiosity provoking question about the future possibilities, the benefit that your solution can provide without talking about your solution. And that sounds actually I have the whole thing in my profile if you want to just download the script. I love it. Your own. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like this idea of like talking about the results that they see and not your solution, talking about the use case and not your solution. You are selling your solution, but through the lens of how it impacts your client, your prospect, yeah. not yeah. through the lens of your features, functions, 
and UI, right? That is the main function, the main thing to keep in mind. Uh, Kevin, how can people connect with you on social? Where would they go? Uh, LinkedIn's a good spot. I have a live cold calling show where I put the uh, pedal to the metal. So if you guys want to join the next live cold calling show and actually hear me do what we're talking about, I don't just preach from the high pulpit. I actually do it. Practitioners. Um, <laughs> so uh, attend my next live cold calling. I do it every other week or connect me on LinkedIn. Yeah. Amazing. Ronan, where can people connect with you, buddy? LinkedIn is the best place. I have two things that are there for everyone. Uh, free script builder. If you want to build it out with this straight line approach with all the things built into it. Um, and then also I've got a bootcamp coming up in less than two weeks. So if you are invested in yourself and you're ready to take your tonality to the next level, improve your confidence every time you call and just absolutely slay calls, okay, you can book at least a meeting a day. Um, I have a few spots left. It's a little bit selective as well. So feel free to reach out if you want to learn more about it. Connect with us on social. We want to thank you guys for sharing your wisdom and thank you, our audience, for coming out and spending time with us. Connect with us on social, sellbetter.xyz. Follow me personally at Say What Sales on Instagram, TikTok. I will connect with you on LinkedIn for sure. Also, uh, thank you so much for all of the engagement. We appreciate you. you're going to get a survey after this so that you can let us know how we did and what you want to see more of. We will see you next time on another fantastic episode of Sell Better. Go get them, y'all. Cheers.